Artisan Electric comes to mind. Seems Who? to be doing Artisan. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jordan, yeah. Jordan, thank you, Jordan, yeah. Um, I've, I've never spoke to him, so I say Artisan. But, yeah, anyway, seems to be doing very well. Hiring people. Uh, Thomas Nagy, we mentioned, you know, he does, on social media at least, he's hiring people. What I'm not seeing is a management structure. Started that too early, didn't I? Should, should, should we rerun that? Not where that spam you've got there, Mark. Anyway, <laughs> you rerun that. <laughs> Mark's just hammered for his um for his big spam, which is uh nothing unusual, really, is it? Hang on, Monday Club. Um, <clears throat> welcome back to the um. So go with the flow. So introduce yourself. It's not that anyone needs an introduction. Yo. Who's at the bottom? Who's that? Well, we, we can't see that, can we? Because we're all at the top. <laughs> so you've, oh, you've, yeah? Your screen layout. I thought we had the same screen. I've just got the three people at the top. So I don't right, know at the bottom. I'm, I'm at the bottom. Okay, my name is Ricky Who. I was once You're known. I was once known on a podcast, and now I'm little known. Now, known in known in different circles. I was once once a thing. Now I'm, I've been known thing. You're like, you're like Donald Trump, aren't you? You've basically been kicked off social media, but you keep it have. quiet. I have. Yeah, that's exactly what's happened. I've lost. <laughs> I've lost. I lost my place in the in the elite, <laughs> and um, Twitter hates me, and so does so does the rest of the world. Um, but once, at one well, point, we for a short a period bit. of time, I was someone. <laughs> Your Wi-Fi is really bad, Neil. Really, really bad. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. I just, just, I just can't deal with the meltdown. That's all. He, he can't hear you, Mark. You've I said. Don't, you, you, um, <laughs> I don't think he can. Is, he, is it really that bad? Well, I reckon that's a twenty-second so delay. Annoying. Oh, my internet says it's fine. I've got blue light. Blue light's good. You're not in Spain, are you? And then connecting to your home internet, but that's what it seems like at the moment. <laughs> I posted two hundred and fifty. Gig bloody Wi-Fi broadband glass. You're tube. connected to your booster and not your main yeah, Wi-Fi. I am, but it's just, 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 it's just a bit of a struggle here. No, I'm connected to the way Wi-Fi. Let's connect to the booster and see what that says. You silly bastard! Even you, even the picture's grainy where the connection's so bad. That's only my connection as well. My connection dies halfway through. How's that? That's a bit better. Oh, now I'm connected to one that's supposed to be worse. Well, is that I better, can, is it? Can, you're moving, your lips are moving to the audio, so it's an improvement there. Right. <laughs> so hopefully everyone got the mug off of Mark for the first two minutes, because that's really important. We're not cutting that out. But, yeah, yeah uh, I, think, I think that was all right, yeah. It's much yeah. needed. I think everything we've said is all right. Neil, I think it's everything you've said that, that is probably a bit sketchy. Yeah, but that's not just on this podcast. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's got nothing to do with the internet, is it? <laughs> That's just that's just a constant thread of my life. Hello, Mark. Who are you? Yeah, I am. I am Mark back again. Neil can't get rid of me. I keep turning up. He keeps trying to uninvite me, but I turn up regardless. I've just <laughs> dived in on this one. Thanks, spoke to Rick for ages. So catching up with with Ricky, see what he's been up to <clears throat> in in the day job, climbing the corporate ladder. I'm sure. Uh, we were tempted. 
Mr. Thought... Apprentice one to one over there playing it, Dan. I know, yeah. <laughs> he likes Always. doing that, doesn't he? Always. Except on LinkedIn, which all I do is see him playing it up, and it's embarrassing, really. Exactly. I've got a big up on LinkedIn. That's where I make my money, mate. I'm not going to You know the trouble with your posts? The trouble with your the names to Martin. <laughs> the trouble with your posts is it always baits me into say something I probably shouldn't. That's the idea yeah, of you everyone. Know, when you bring you, hmm. that post earlier, that I think we're going to touch on about, you know, should you give friends and family work? I thought, well, only if you work, but pff, you know, who am I? <laughs> Oh, we're going to have to come well, back in on Yeah, I know. Oh, fucking nightmare. You are. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. That's a it's true, though, isn't it? You know what I mean? We could, we could bleep it out. We could bleep the company, but it's true. It's it's all thought-provoking the wrong way for me, Mark. So please, <sighs> I'm all right when I, before I see your post. This podcast brings out the worst in me. I've got to tell you, because you take me back into that zone of when things were, were, were like that. I'm, I'm better than that. Zone. I'm better than that, yeah. I've got some news. I just, want to forget, I just want to talk to you about what you said at the beginning in terms of uh, social media and how it's so funny. So I spoke to Mark about this before. And you literally are as, not you, but people are literally as relevant as they post. As soon, you can be as popular as you think you are. The minute you stop posting, forgotten. Yeah. And no yeah. one really cares about you. No one cares no. about anyone on social media. No. Unless you've got their phone number and you talk to them, Right, as if all your relationship with someone, person A, all they see is person B via social media, you're nothing to them, really. You're mm. nothing than a small fault in their mind. And the amount of people that change the way they behave for strangers on the internet is bonkers to me. Bananas. But... I thought it was know, interesting what you said, because like you said, you, you have gone from being very, very prominent on social media to sort of off a cliff edge, didn't you? Yeah, and, and, and nothing's more relevant than obviously very occasionally now I'll get a message from someone to do with something, you know, whatever. And I can't remember who these people are now, if I'm honest. When you think of the podcast, uh, we there was like, I can't remember what episode I got to, but there's probably at least 60 or 70 guests that we've had on. I can only really remember probably 10, mm. you know, because there was a lot of people that just ain't, I just can't remember the name of, and they message me, and I'm like, how do I know you? Uh, they know me, obviously, because that's what happens, isn't it? Yeah. You, 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 I was the guy that done that. But obviously, for me to remember a person that came on, uh, I obviously wouldn't be a very good reporter, but yeah, I do I do get a lot of that, where I'm just like, who was this? I, don't know, I can't I'm, ask, can I? It's rude. Yeah, I'm terrible <laughs> in names, but I'll tell you what I come across the other day, not a, a, just again from old old um, Alex, 2019, that Alexis, now the last one I went to, Alfie Johnson, Matt. remember him? Yeah, oh, yeah, but I spoke yeah. to Alfie a lot, but he disappeared, did he? Yeah, he completely disappeared. But what, such a nice chap, such a nice chap. If yeah. you're out there, Alfie, on the off chance you're listening, reach out, mate. Love to catch up with you on the podcast. Is he the guy who had that, that buy materials idea where it had all yeah. the pillars linked together? Mm. That's it. Yeah. yeah, what was it called? I can't remember. It was a good idea, but I never really saw it. Never took off, off did it? Nah. I think the issue was it was that it was it hit the, the business model was going was trying to link trying to bring all the smaller independents together under one umbrella to sort of give them some buying some power that way. But there's so and many, so, regards, so many big companies now. Yeah, a lot of them probably died off them smaller independents during during COVID. To be honest, mm. yeah, you know, it's, yeah, you're it's, right. Actually, yeah, it was a good idea, but yeah, it, <laughs> it didn't. I mean, maybe it did. Maybe it is. Diode. Maybe that's why he's quiet because he's. he's that's what happens, isn't it? When you start getting busy with, with a project, yeah. you do go quiet. Diode electrical, that was it? Diode, that's right. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Diode electrical, there you go. Yeah. 
But yeah, people pop up and pop out. You had the geezer who writes books. What's his name? I remember as well. I remember that podcast? That was a left the field podcast, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the one I was <laughs> thinking about. I read that book as well, you know. Alex did. He, he won. He won a book. He won the book. That's on the right. Competition. Signed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Signed yeah. by someone no one's ever heard of. But he was a nice guy. <laughs> he was, a, and he was like, he was like, because he was going to write a trilogy, wasn't it? And I tell you what, the main character in that, and this is really stupid, because I can't remember his name. Yeah, but I'm it's po- it, Mark Mark Pontier or Pontier or Pointer. It, I think it was spelled P R Y N T E R. But where where my kids live, that I go and pick up their road. The the road next to their road is Pointier Lane. So it always reminds me of the book. Oh, you know, okay. But, yeah. Forget forget the author's name. Love 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 It was a good podcast that one. I enjoyed it. That was yeah. one of the. the I the book's still in the van. I could go and find out. You know, if I could be bothered <laughs> to get up. But yeah, there you go. There you yeah. go. Not carried away. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's not move. <laughs> well, if, if you, they're on like what? Let's say yeah. But... Oh, Neil's trying to find it as we speak. Well, I was just interested to see because we've done a lot of done a lot of um, podcasts, haven't you? A lot of. Yeah. Yeah. Called, um, the, the, the EGT the EGTE back catalogue is something else. Yeah, for podcasts. In terms of a, a snapshot of an electrician's life, I think it's bang on. It, it was called Death of a Painter. Was it? The That's book? it. Yes. Yeah. Death yeah. of a painter, and it was a, basically about you know an electrician that was running a job, and and the painter had, had not turned up. You know, he, he t- turns up dead, but then obviously <laughs> he starts going into he owed a bit of money, and but it's, it's told from a subcontractor's point, and it's brilliant because they it really captures the subcontractor's point. Of like he's going through his book and booking the work and well, I've got to get another paint. He's dead, but I've got to get another paint in there. And, <laughs> and even to the point when he goes around his house to speak to his wife, it goes, the house is decorated beautifully, you know, but then decorators' houses always are, aren't they? You know, if you're a decorator, you've always got a beautiful house. That's it. Probably the only trade that actually does stuff in their house. <gasps> I was about to say, uh, you look at some of my electrics. Yeah, yeah, all. yeah. It's, it's true. It's true. <laughs> There's still a light switch upside down in my house that's been like it about 10 years. I you know, you, you, can you imagine doing that into someone's house? You'd be disgusted, <laughs> wouldn't you? You couldn't leave it. You in your own ass. Meh. It's okay. <laughs> it works. <laughs> oh, it's, a, it's a shame, really, but all the um, all the old podcasts are gone. I'll try to look at them. They're all gone. Oh. Got Podbean? No, they're not on Podbean either. They're all gone. Oh, that's a oh, shame. Sh- subscription's probably done, mate. No, not on YouTube either. Oh no, they wouldn't be on YouTube, would they? No, no they would. They never was it. There was yeah, on YouTube, yeah. and then they weren't really. It didn't work on YouTube so much, so that was all on was audio only, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got well, a question for Rick. Anyway, how are you getting on with your your Eng Tech or your? That's my news. Done. <laughs> Accepted. Not got my certificate yet. And do, do you know who who I got a little message from? And this was, and I will just say this: I got this message five minutes before I got the email saying that I've been accepted. Prince Andrew. <laughs> no, no, it was a guy that came on the podcast. I don't know if you remember it, to be fair, but it's Colin Penfold. From the IET. From the IET, yep. yeah. Yeah, 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 I remember Co- that episode. So Colin Penfold happened to get my application. Because awesome. he's an EngTech assessor, volunteering for him. And he messaged me saying, I've got your application, just to let you know, you know, it's uh, it's all gone through. Oh, he fantastic. Said it was a, not a nice application. He, actually, he said, I wish everyone done their, done their application like you, which was surprising considering the first time he got rejected. Yeah, sorry. So, <laughs> I think there's so, a bit of inconsistencies yeah. there from definitely my experience. I think between the three of us, I think we've all gone on very different journeys in terms well, of getting their EngTechs. So I've got me in. So I'm very, very proud of it. I've not put it on LinkedIn, but I ain't got the certificate yet. Oh, you've um, got to do the certificate, otherwise you won't get 100 likes. 
you know, you know, you've got to be linked to. You need that picture. You've got to take the engineering can to it. See what management does to your people. Viewers, listeners, as soon as you get in management, you try, what you do, you start pretending like you're going to be real. Yeah, I'm going to be, I'm not going to change. Then all of a sudden, you're posting less controversy. Then all of a sudden, you're posting edge tech photos. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a definite thing on on me for LinkedIn now. You should be proud of it. Yeah, very, very well. I'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, obviously, when you're <clears throat> when you're posting, so like you say, everyone in my company is in my network, so everyone can see what I put. So yeah, of course, you've got to treat it as a workplace now. That's yeah. you can't be. I'm not saying you can't be yourself, but you've got to be yourself in your workplace, not yourself mm-hmm. when you're going out on a Friday night. You know. And I, I uh, think what you said yeah, there is, is, yeah, is so interesting. Oh, Sorry, off the bat, this is typical. This is typical, Rick. No, go on, go on, go on. No, I was just going to say, like, I think you, when you look at LinkedIn, you can see the two, the two aspects of that. Then you can see the people that are working for a company, and you can see how differently the people that work for themselves operate. You know, you, you definitely yeah. can see that thread. You definitely pointed that out there. Well, I think you're right. But I think even even like yourself, where you work for yourself, I'm sure you've got most of your client base probably on LinkedIn that see yep. you, see your things. You know, so you do. You, you don't have to. You can do what you want. But if you want to get on in life and you want to. You want to move up as I do, then yeah, you've got to put yourself uh, in a favourable light. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying you can't question things, you can't say the same things, and I often do when I comment on things, or maybe a little bit of me comes out, and that's fine. I think if you're yeah. commenting on someone else's post, but if if you're doing a post that's controversial to what your company might be, then that's an issue, obviously. That's yeah. that is exactly the same as me going on and say, let's say I go on and say Morgan Cinder will load of rubbish. Blah 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 blah. So everyone that works in Morgan Cinder, it's, it's like me going nil. You're an absolute wanker. Mm. It's the same. Fi- you wouldn't mm. do it, would you? You wouldn't no, just go and call someone out. So you, what, doing that to a company is kind of in that field, you know. Um, and yeah, you, like I say, you've got, I've, got, I've got a Morgan Cinder header on my LinkedIn. You know, I'm a Morgan Cinder guy. I've become a company man. I'm enjoying it. So that that is me. So, but back to the IET. Speaking to Colin, obviously, when you know, as as all these these conversations go with Colin, you should volunteer for the IET. They'd really, <laughs> really be beneficial. You should volunteer. So he give me someone's email address. Typical IET, I say it all the time. Gives me someone's email address for the voluntary team. Email us saying I'm interested in volunteering. How do I go about it? What's it all about? Sends me a couple of links. Go through the voluntary roles. You know, right? You could do this. You could do this. You could do this. So I looked into it. Um, they had a really good brochure saying everything you could do, but that was it. Like the actual, the other links were really. If you go on the IET website and try and filter through what you could do with voluntary roles, you'd never volunteer for anything mm. because it sounds insane. <clears throat> when you go through their brochure, so I picked like, you know, I said I think I, I could be an eng tech assessor. I think I could do that. I could be a CPD assessor. I think I'd be quite good. Um, there was another one where you go and speak to schools and colleges. Well, I've already done a bit of that, you know, so I'd do that. So I said, these are the four things I think I'd be good at. What do I need to do? Because, you know, there's a process. I think you have to be voted into a role and all sorts. So then she, sent, she said, look, I think you'd be better off speaking to the, to the voluntary team. I said, well, I thought I was. So then I get sent a generic email, info at whatever, um. you know. Sent an email there three days ago. I know nothing. So mm. it's the same old circle. And when I speak to Colin about this, he, 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 he like bangs his head against the wall. We've been here three or four times. It's the same old story. You know, I, I didn't, 
on my application, it said I should go for, and I forget the terminology, but someone that assesses your application. I can't think of what they're called. It's an abbreviation. It's three letters. It's a P um, something, isn't it, I think? From, yes, it is. Um, it is. Personal Development Review or something, PDR? No, it's not that. PD, something it's like not, that. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that, yeah. So I picked someone from the list, and it says, so on this list, there's about 30 people with Chartered Engineer next to their name. And there was one with EngTech. So I'm assuming there's only one that checks your EngTech. Everyone else checks your Chartered Engineer. Fine. Send an email over. I send my thing. Two weeks later, I ain't heard nothing. So after two weeks, you then have to email the RSSU, which is the part of the voluntary side to deal with them people. Mm-hmm. So I emailed them. We're, okay, we'll look for someone for you. And we will, uh, once we find someone, we'll let you know. That was in November. I know nothing. My application oh, has been accepted now. I, I got to the point where the IT rang me up and they said, listen, what, you know, just wonder what you're doing with your application. So I'm waiting for someone to assess it because that's what it says. You know, because it's been sent back to me once. I thought, you know, we really recommend you get an RSSU to uh, 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 whatever it was, a yeah. P, Mr. P, to, uh, to look at your application and, yeah, I got to the point where I'm just going to send it. I said, mm. I'll send it. And then if it comes back again, it comes back again. And I have to do, I have to do that process. It's quite clearly you haven't got anyone, you ain't got enough people looking at things or something's going on. Yeah. And then I go, well, I'll do that. I'll volunteer. <laughs> and then you Rinse don't repeat. Enough. Rinse oh, repeat. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous. So I did get on board with the whole, you know, if you can't, you're not, you're not going to change nothing on the outside. We know that. I don't think something like the IT, you're going to change something on the inside, if I'm completely honest. But... Mm. If you're not involved, you're not involved, are you? Huh. I'd but like to. I, 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 I wouldn't mind doing some tech assessing as it happens. Trying to sort yeah. of uh, that'd be something like something you can do in your own time and uh, from the comfort of your own house. Do you know what I mean? I yeah, exactly. And like, when you look for, and there's a lot of voluntary roles. There's a lot, and you obviously you could sit on the sit on the committees. Is one know, of, you could go on the is one of them answering the emails, Rick? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> is that the problem? You're waiting I, for it. I know what Colin's done. Colin's thought I'll give you a direct email. But then that person just sent me back to the generic one anyway. So they don't, and I'm not criticizing the people, but honestly, no, like not. they don't really, don't really it's care quite clearly. It's a communication thing, isn't it? The process, yeah, processes probably, and like, just ownership. Yeah. That yeah. conference thing they're doing, they've split that into two parts, I think. Now, haven't they? Two virtual events, one at the end of Feb and one at the end of March. Mm. Um, end of the other way around, end of January, end of Feb, I think. Something like that. But yeah, yeah. It's again, communication of all of that it's it's not the greatest is it but yeah i guess with big organizations like that it's maybe not as easy as we imagined now and let's be honest the more you look into it like for where we are as eng tech we're we're fuck all mm. we're not chartered engineers we're nothing yeah, we're that just... needs to change that that, that view needs Wait, to change because you look at the, the industry the industry is eng tech level what That's is the industry look at the iet's description of what eng tech is and they describe it as a stepping stone on your way to chartered engineer. Yeah. It's exactly how it's described. It's an important stepping stone to mm. our eng or chartered engineer. So it, it, it devalues what you've done. And that's how I felt when I got mine. I thought straight away because now. Well, it's you know, career like, progressing, though. It's progressing, isn't it? Not it, everyone's going to be. I'm certainly not a chartered engineer status. So for me, I, I saw it as a, as a positive. I thought, right, I want to go on that stepping stone. I want to see what this process is like start at the entry level for want of a better phrase um and then get some get a flavor of what this process looks like before i go right 
let's look at irons and then they go on the next step. For me, it was I looked at it as a positive a way of, a way of doing it. To be fair, but we're not engineers, are we? Yeah, we are. No, we're not engineers. We're not professionally registered engineers. No, what, engineers. what is what, what does if an engineer do? If a geezer comes around and does my washing machine, calls himself a washing machine engineer, I'm, <laughs> yeah. a, I'm an engineer. But if someone, not easy. Out comes fire alarm. We're called fire alarm engineers. Yeah, so is, you know engineers. Me? <sighs> Anyone that does the job of installing, to me, is not an engineer. They're a technician. An engineer oh, yeah, creates, yeah, yeah. a technician installs. They both need each other. <clears> They're both important roles. But there is a vast difference, to me, between yeah. an engineer that is in, inventing stuff and creating stuff and making stuff better to a technician that is installing said stuff. Mm. There is yeah. a clear difference. So if you're a technician, why do you value that? It's just a technician. To, again, this is my terminology, but technician is, in, is important as an engineer. It's just a different job. But they're saying, actually... An engineering technician, which is what we, all three of us are classed as, is just a stepping stone to being an engineer. Mm. It's not. It's a different. It's different. A technician does. An engineer creates and makes yeah, but, improves process, and, and that's how I see it. Well, do you know what? I, I, one of the biggest things I, I really struggle to see in my industry many chartered engineers that are that are really good. Um, mm. They can make pieces of paper look pretty. They can make plans and make drawings, but they generally don't know how to make that thing do what they've designed to do. They've got, they've got a clue how to do it. Mm. Um, so then become a problem when we try and install what they're doing, what they've designed. It's a square peg and round hole. Now, yeah. yeah, it works on paper. It doesn't work in reality. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think the more, to use your analogy, technicians, we can upskill into engineers. I think the quality of the engineers is going to be second to none. Much better than an engineer only engineer, if you know if you know what I mean. Using your analogy, but that's um, that's, that's technically then what we are classed as, isn't it? We are engineering technicians. That is literally you could say mm. that is the title, the definition of what we are. But it's devalued. Mm. It's basically saying a, a, a chartered engineer is better than an engineer. It's like engineer is the third peg, isn't it? You, above it is I eng, and above that is chartered engineer. Well, actually, they should be held. I think. In the, because like you say, as electricians, eng tech is is it as an electrician. Now, yeah, when I yeah, put that, go on, Mark. Sorry, Rick. Sorry, Rick. Go on. Now, when I put that post on, and as as always, right, you opened my eyes to something I never knew existed, which was HNC and HND, which is obviously engineering. It's it's, it's obviously I've, I don't have done my research into that. It's it's basically university on a day release. Isn't it? So you do your HNC course, do that for two years on day release or a year full time. And then that's the equivalent of you, your first year of university. Then you could then do your HND course, which is three years of day release. And then that's the equivalent of your second year. Then you could do a bachelor's degree. Now, all of that to us sounds, wow, that's involved. But actually, you could leave school and do all of that. Mm, yeah, you can do it 17 years old. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, but to us, that's with no experience. With no experience, exactly that. So it's it's almost the same thing again. Where so I could be H and D level five engineer, I've never stepped on site, or I could do it as an electrician. <clears throat> when I look at that as well, it's quite depressing because I'm 35, and I'm not obviously that's not that old at all. But I'm thinking, do I want to go and dedicate five years into doing H and D? You know, say Mark. No, I was, I was just going to say that's like the problem the IET are trying to focus on at the minute. I think they've got that management culture, haven't they, where it is focused more at 
people who've gone an academic route to achieving their recognition, if you like, and it's not really um, focused in on the actual electricians and people people who are working in trades-based mm. positions. And I think they are trying to transition a little bit towards being more focused on that, but it's easier to say those things than actually do them. And I think Rick's got a point, to be fair. We do have to have that career progression, um, as you've said, Neil, where you are kind of working towards a, a bigger goal, maybe. But perhaps they could do that in a way that's not belittling the achievements of regular electricians. I don't know. It's a tricky one for them to solve, I guess. Mm. Yeah, you're not always going to please everyone all the time, are you? It's a it's a balancing act for the IT. You got to, I mean, as Mark says, we'll argue over which way to turn around a washer. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's just <laughs> you're never going to agree on everything. But that's true. But what's the most important thing? Experience or qualifications? So it's a mixture. It's uh, it's a, but it what's, is a mixture. What, what's mm. more important? You need both. I don't disagree with you. But in your view, what is more important? Experience? For what? For what, for, for what we do. For being electricians it's or experience. electrical managers. or yeah. It's experience. I reckon it's 80% experience. Mm. You need the qualifications because you need a foundation in everything you do. But it's experience. But you can't have one without the other. You need the qualifications because that's the foundation. But the house is the experience. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not... The experience is not recognized i feel and it is because engtech <laughs> is the engtech process is built on experience if you yeah. haven't got experience you can't answer them questions but yeah then when it's described as you know an important stepping stone to chartered engineer is it they could i suppose thinking about it now hearing you out they could word it a lot better in terms of if you know what it's a yeah i don't even know how i'd have to think about it but they could word it better i think you're right in terms of getting it across where it's not a stepping stone to that but it's uh maybe a a an important aspect of making you a better chartered engineer something like that you know what i mean going that route will make you a better chartered engineer an electrician an eng tech electrician that wants to be an electrician is not going to become a chartered engineer are they because Most electricians you're, you're, are not going to take it they're not going to take uh, it well we know that yeah, it's going to be it's going to be the look those looking for the transition it's, it's the one percent it. isn't it it's the one percent I'll say probably um, more than that. It's them, it's, them, it's them ones that are maybe coming towards and going, I I, you know what, they might be working for Morgan Sindel Property Services and, and they're going to go, get, oh, I'd like to have an avenue out of being on the tools and maybe into supervision and management. And it'd be there, I think it'd be them sort of thing that want to stand out amongst the crowd of electricians and go, this is, this is where I want to go. And I think for them, what, it's brilliant. Which is what, they, I mean, that's what the IT is trying to change, isn't it? They want, well, let's be honest, they want members. <laughs> That's, that's, I'm not saying I don't want to support their members. I, they do. They, they're good in. They're very good in some regards, but they want more members. So mm. they want more of electricians going for French tech. Mm. But it should be seen as the highest possible achievement as an electrician, because it is. Because, like you say, if you're going above and beyond that, you are. You're in management now, aren't you? You know, no, there's not one electrical position in the world that is going to appreciate a child manager's position. But if you want to be a project manager. For a little, but then, as you know, as you go up, electrical project managers don't massively exist. You're just a project manager. So yeah. then you need to start opening up your field into, into what you're, which is what I'm sort of thinking now. Where do I go? Do you know, if you stay, you're seriously <clears> restricting yourself by staying just in an electrical discipline. You're res really restricting on what you can do, the jobs you can apply for. Yeah. You know, the, the HNC is a good one, mate, because it kind of covers wider engineering. It does kind of spill out yeah, into so, other yeah. places. Absolutely, yeah. And I Have you got that, Mark? You've got that in your mark. Yeah, I've got HNC, HND, and then the degree as well. I did all that at a younger age. 
Yeah. Um, and yeah, definitely, it does spill out into lots of other sectors and there's, I mean, bu- there's I, I, business aspects of it as well. It's not just actual, what we would consider engineering. Well, I, I do believe it is a, is good, a good move forward. I also think it's very hard in my position to convince my company to let me have day release every day for two years. Yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's. I'm not saying they wouldn't do it because Morgan said that I've been really got to illustrate best company I've ever worked for. My training, if I listed my training, which I might do on a LinkedIn post, it is, it is a bit crazy the amount of training they've given me. Mm-hmm. Electrical courses, I've done eight infedition, two, three, nine, one, and a pat testing course. You know, that's in two years I've been here. Mm-hmm. I've done IPATH. Um, but the internal courses I've done as well, which I've 30, 40, 50 internal courses now, asbestos awareness and all that sort of stuff, which maybe are wasted on, on some people. I appreciate it. You know, the training is really, really, really good. Um, but yeah, I think in now probably probably the design course would be the next logical thing for me, because then after that, there is kind of nothing else. Apart from, like you say, doing the HNC, HND. Once you've got that yeah. design course, I think I can't think of anything else that's going to progress me down that route. No, so, I think so, you're right. I think it's a level point. level four, isn't it? That one. That's the, and HNC's level four as well, isn't it? Mm. Um, so yeah, the design, and then after that, you think you look, but but then, like I say, do you go on? I could go on a management course, spend a year doing a management course, you know, or do you do an electrical engineering course? What's going to be recognised? Because like I said, there's a big world outside. And I see Neil shaking his head. Yeah, I agree. Management courses. <laughs> but I, I don't know what's, depending on which way you go, if I want to become a partnership manager or partnership director for Morgan Sindel, a management course is going to do more for me than an engineering course. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose yeah. that's what you've got to have a chat with yourself about. What's your end goal? Yeah, and then and work you yourself back to where you are now from that's there. It's very hard at 35 to sort of go, what's, what's the end goal? The 100 grand by 40 is my goal. It's a goal I set when I started when I was 25. If I can earn 100 grand a year by the time I'm 40, I'm on target. Mm. I don't think that's looking at it now. I'm not saying it's not achievable, but it's not achievable as an electrical position. Well, it is. You can't, well, not electrical, maybe solely, but I mean, I mean 100 grand is a, is a tough. Working tough, for yourself. Well, if I work for myself, yeah, that's quite easy, but I don't mm. want to do that. As I, I said, on LinkedIn, sort of... I don't really want to be a director. I tried that. Work really. I am a really, 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 really good number two. Mm. I could go into anyone's business. I could come and work with you, Neil, and make your life 50% easier. I'd be a brilliant number two. I'm really paying you 100 grand. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be worth it. Relax but, you know, I'm not, I'm not really interested in being <clears throat> the number one. And maybe that's the, the engineering technician mentality a little bit again, you know. You want something done, a YouTube come to channel, me, you'll mate. be They're all making 100 grand. <laughs> yeah, well, I see a job the other day for, I had everything apart from, they wanted an HNC qualification. It was electrical project manager, 67 grand a year. You know, so the, 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 the jobs are there. Mm-hmm. But I'd rather progress where I am. You know, when we look at this, con- and I say that, every day a job pops up and I think, hmm, hmm. But listen, I'm on my doorstep. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. No, that's 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 probably worth fifty grand a year being on your working eight till five and being on your doorstep. Mm. You know, and a good thing with that as well. If something does need to be reacted to, you know, so as you progress up the ladder, what well, I need to do that, it's the weekend. I'm ten minutes from the office. So it all sits in, you know, you've got to go to that house. It's not three hours away, like you get called out nil to London. Yeah, I've mm. got to need you on site. How long is it gonna take you to get from where you are to London? 
to a site. A couple of hours. Yeah. Um, five, five, ten minutes. You know, the furthest site, you know, we work is Billy Ricky. That's probably 15 minutes from me, ass. So the worst. Is, uh, it's got to be really ace. bad for me to get called out. <laughs> yeah, but it happens, didn't it? The, the, the yeah, it does happen, you yeah. up, obviously, <clears throat> and that's, that's maybe a, a, um, a nod to your management um, system. You know, if you've got good management system underneath you, which is what we were speaking about uh, recently, was I, I can't remember what post that was on. We was going to have a conversation about. Uh, should we go into this? Should we go into this conversation? Right, it's as fluid as you want it to be. Right, so we keep seeing people are doing on social media at least very well. Artists and Electric comes to mind. Seems Who? to be doing artism. Oh yeah, yeah, Jordan, yeah. Jordan, thank you, Jordan. Yeah, um, I've I've never spoke to him, so I say artism. But yeah, anyway, seems to be doing very well, hiring people. Uh, Thomas Naji, we mentioned, you know, he does on social media at least. He's hiring people. What I'm not seeing is a management structure. Hmm. Now I'm seeing, I've hired this person, this person. Now when you've got two, three, four people, you can't be working on the tools anymore. You're, yeah. you've got to manage. Man, excuse me. Yeah. <clears throat> you've got to start managing that situation. And if you don't want to, you need to hire someone to do it. That's mm. where you need a number two. That's what I'm talking about. That's where I see. That's where I excel. I think you've had two different examples there. To be fair, I mean Jordan, from what I've seen on uh, YouTube, has taken a clear step back in the day-to-day tools on mm. role, um, and seems to be taking a more backseat office role. Uh, seems to be a natural fit in that sort of what. From an outside looking in, again, yep. looking in through rose-tinted YouTube spectacles. Whereas <laughs> you look at Nagy, it seems to be the complete different. He seems to be wanting to do all the tools, do all the filming, um, run the business, invest in the business, service his own vans, change the batteries on his own vans, do his own tyres. I was just thinking, you've got one seems to be very structured and organised and seems yep. to be very business-like, and the other one just seems to be chaotic. Again, that's just from what I've seen through... Everyone's seen it. Everyone else has seen it. I can only see not... social media. That's all it, we're judging. It, it, if you exactly. look at them two examples, is that a clear example of <clears throat> Jordan, which has quite easily slipped into the management role, like I did. I quite easily transitioned from being in tools to being into management to someone that hasn't found that transition easy at all. And now is is what they call, well, no, no offence meant, but you, you're a busy idiot. You know, one of Gordon Ramsay's favourite sayings now, you're very, very busy, but you're focusing all your attention in the wrong places. Yeah. And if you ever look at people that have done well for themselves, you know, which I do see, like, Theopathetes is one on, you know, you worked on LinkedIn, or any of the Dragon's Den people, or someone closer to me, a chap called James Sinclair. Um, James Sinclair is a guy that owned, he owned a lot of, well, party man world, I call it, like soft play centres. Oh, James Sinclair, yeah. You, you put me on to, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It so if, if annoys you listen me. to... Yeah, well, I like him. Yeah. Hey, everybody, and here we are. Children's entertainer, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly. literally where and we started. And as soon as you know he's a children's entertainer, you can't look you at realize. any speech he has without thinking he's talking to kids. Yeah, you, you suddenly <laughs> clicked, didn't you? Oh, yeah, I can see why he was a children's entertainer. But you look at him, and he always said, like, when he started out, when he started his business, 18 when he started, he hired his nan's friend to sit in his bedroom and deal with the paperwork because he knew he was no good at it. Mm. that's the mentality you need you need to think like that what am I good at what am I not good at electricians genuinely I guess aren't very good at going into the <clears> office <throat> um, even though the skills transfer brilliantly 
Yeah, that was your problem solver, naturally. As an electrician, you're a natural problem solver. In an office, that's exactly what you need, isn't it? You know, anything that comes between me and the guy I work with, Dan, everything gets sorted quick. Mm. Now, I've been here a year now, just over a year. Things don't get sorted quick. No. Things things don't get sorted. Things don't get sorted that quick in uh, in an office of what, and I don't know. It's the biggest frustration because I don't really understand why. <laughs> the most simple of things, and it just don't get done. And it's it's as as an engineering technician, um, I can't grasp it. I can't. I can't. I can't understand. That due, world, pro- you know? due process of some offices are just nuts, aren't they? To get even the smallest changes, you have to go through several layers of management and committees and meetings. I kind of sit between both in my yeah. business. So I try and do two or three days here and there in the office, out on the tools, because that's what I like. I'm lucky I can choose to do that in my business. Um, yeah. But I definitely enjoy being out on the tools more. This last couple of weeks, you know, as I've said, I've been out on the, the curl face trying to get as much done as I possibly can do. Uh, for stuff I've got going on, and I've loved it. I've absolutely loved that. So I will always be an electrician. I think some people have that difficulty as their business grows, kind of stepping into that office role. I mean, Neil's jumped into it, a duck to water, sat in his office chair, bossing everyone round. He loves it. But some people really do miss the day-to-day graft, and it is a, a harder step. Could be worse than going back on the tools. And yeah. so, so, uh, uh, as could my guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, 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 um, periodically remind me please just just stay stay in your office don't come on site please you slow everything down you're just a nightmare <laughs> yeah and i'm the same i can't I, no part of me wants to be on the tools i want a bit of testing come on get me tester app only because i've got like my dream test that i always wanted um mm. so it needs to need to be dusted every so often but yeah I'd, not that i hate being on the tools and it's not that i'm bad at it i was pretty good at it i wasn't particularly quick but i was efficient you know mm, mm. But yeah, it's it's every. I feel like every minute, if I've got to go and go on the tools for something, it means something else ain't being done in the office, you know. And then it's the, the I'm constantly thinking about that. If a job don't get done, that's not a major concern. But it's a major concern to planners in the office. They've got to rebook mm. the job and speak to the tenant. That's a nightmare. That's the, that's their biggest concern. And I think much like you, Mark, in my role, I see everything. I see every team. I see the people from the planners up to the top management level, you know what I mean? You see you see everyone, because one minute you could be dealing with booking a job in, and next minute you're dealing with compliance with the client. You know, so you see everything, and every day you speak to everyone. So you've got a unique understanding of all the issues that not even the managers see, you know, because like my boss, my manager, was only interested in his contract. Not, not only interested, you know, but that's his focus. But then I'll deal with the guy that's dealing with the other two contracts and the director that's dealing with all three contracts. So you see a unique perspective of everything. And yeah, then maybe that's why all the problems wind on you because you see three times as many as everyone else. Mm. Um, yeah, there we go. That's Next topic, is. please. Are you, are you ready to do what you've spoken about training? Are you ready to do your 18th edition update? You've just done your 18th. You're going to have to do your own. Uh, you know what? Now, this is a brilliant <laughs> Mark, Longest this is ever. A brilliant Longest conversation. ever. Brilliant conversation because me, uh, we have a disagreement about this. Me and my, oh, we've gone dark. Me and my heterosexual life partner that sits opposite me. Do you stick your blokes on an amendment edition? 
You can oh, hear, I don't know if you well, can hear him. We, we can, can hear him. Is this he a yes? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I, I, I don't think so. I think it's a complete waste of bloody money. It depends what the changes That's in the true. amendments um, we're are. We're not paying. Right. I do get that. Oh, yeah, there's a fair Mark, comment. Mark, what you said there is true, but these these courses don't teach you the changes. I missed, no. I missed that. Sorry, Mark. What did you say? Mark said, well, it depends how, how vast the changes are. That's true. It's a fair yeah. comment, but yeah. the courses don't teach you the changes. They no, teach they you teach how you to, to highlight navigate, a book. How to neg- navigate the book, which I think once every five years is more than sufficient, or once every three, four years is more than sufficient to have a little dust up, spend a day out with some, moan about the regs that you don't like, celebrate the legs, regs you do like, uh, and go through the book together. I think every five years is enough. I wouldn't do it for an amendment. I wouldn't. I do it. Think- if it was an amendment changing course, what we're going to discuss the amendments, we're going to debate them, then I'd be like, that's really good CPD. Anyway, we're going to do it. But the fact that it's just uh, the same courses you've done under the 18th, zero amendments or whatever it is, then it's going to, it's going to be exactly the same course. They're not going to highlight any different um, regs, are they? It's exactly the same course. And, and that's exactly what you said there is, is what, what I said, that the regs that affect me and the, and the engineers that are, you know, the electricians that are working, I can probably sort out a day's training myself internally and deliver something better yes then going spending 300 whatever quid on a course because the major changes for us excuse me are the uh, the afdds that's a that's a game changer you know that changes entirely how we work because mm-hmm. now <clears throat> we've got to stick an afdd on anything between 16 and 32 amp mm-hmm you know, so that's that's a culture change. Just a suggestion at the moment, but that's what we think is coming in. So we don't know. But that's what, what I was saying. That I was talking about, obviously, I think before we were recording, is looking at the end of March. I thought I would have been delayed because I've not seen, like you say, it's a suggestion. We're halfway through January now. When the, we don't find out till it comes out, I can't imagine it ever coming in, but I've not seen any conversation piece. Well, it's in their hands now, isn't it? it? Is. The yeah, same exactly. happened with the earth rods. Remember the earth rods was going to install an earth rod for every new build. That just all of a sudden then got released and it was, oh, it's missing. Everyone was expecting mm-hmm. it, you know? So it could, it but could just be... But that's a misamendment as well, isn't it? Not earth rods, but I, what, I can't remember the terminology they used for it, but every new build. What's it, what is it, Mark? The prosumer side of things where they're putting the air foundations yeah. in and if you're going to have battery storage. And... Well, you still need that anyway under current regulations. But this, this there was a talk, wasn't there, that regardless of whatever happened, if it's a new build, there's going to have an earth rod installed. Yeah. Um, but, but what's that system called? It's not an earth. They call it something, don't they? Electrodes. The earth. No, the earth in arrangement. They. I can't remember what it's called in the regs. You just go on an 18th edition update course. That's what you we need. Do. To do. It's not there yet, it. is it? This is the amendment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know what? It's like obviously when for the first time when these amendments came out for public comment, I did try and go through what the amendments were, but mm. all I found was, and maybe I was looking in the wrong place, but you, there's not. They just list the, the entire regulations. Yeah. They don't just give you the changes. You mm. have to interpret the changes by looking at the old book and then looking at the, 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 the new reg. That's dumb. 
Yeah, it was a bit of a nightmare this year as well, wasn't it? It was all getting all cracked. The system was crashing. Do you remember? Yeah, just tell me the new ones, though. I don't want to go through every wreck to try and see what's changed. But some people will have, some people will want to feedback on existing regs they feel like it's not working for whatever reason. So, which is fine, given that. They do need to be in there. (laughs) Yeah, they do need to be in there. But it could be, I agree, they could be structured better in terms of, right, this is all the old existing stuff. This is all the stuff we're looking to to bring in. This is the stuff we're looking to amend. You know Mm. what I mean? Um, Yeah, and if anyone wants to amend a covenant, Rig, they don't need the book, do they? They've got the book, they've been looking at it for the last three years, thinking I should really change that. Yeah, if they want, you know, like, and, um, if they want true engagement from industry, they should make that as simple as possible. It's like if we were sending a customer survey out, or you write into your tenants because you want some feedback, if you give them a long and complicated form, no chance. Yeah. If you give them a quick tick this box and it's going to give you some insight, you've got a better chance of that happening, haven't you? So I think they really do need to look at that. Yeah, I think you're right. But in terms of what you say, Rick, in terms of what you, the uh, cost, we're not a slight deviation there, but mm. I agree. In terms of getting your guys in, cherry picking the, I mean, you're not going to be interested in uh, the updates for battery storage systems or well, listen, nuclear, away, a, nuclear, anything. Yeah, know? anything new build don't concern me. Yeah, and I say it don't concern me. I'll need to know, but it don't concern the electricians that are working in social housing. There is no PV, EV that we deal mm. with. So we ain't got to know anything about that. So like when we went from 7th to 18th, the biggest thing that affected us was probably premature claps on cables. Mm. That was the big culture change. Now we've got to stick metal clips mm. into things. Now we've got to check out on the ice. That was probably the biggest. Out of all them thousands of, there's 1,200 changes, whatever it was, that was the biggest thing. Uh, probably for most domestic spark, but for social acid, now we've got to stick metal clips up to support the cables. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, now, the new one's going to be AFDDs. Um, we yeah. still don't install SPDs because that's still optional. And I think we could all agree they're coming. They're coming one way or another. Um, they'll just they'll go on the journey RCDs went on. They'll start low, small, and they'll get introduced, yeah. more introduced. And before you know it, in 15, 20 years' time, domestic settings will be basically you have to install AFDDs as standard. I don't understand why. And maybe used to now, I don't know why they're only restricting it to 32 amp. It's yeah, a very odd one. I think mm. the same with the lighting circuits, that it's more risk assessment based because it's an issue of them turning the lights off in communal areas, especially because of something that isn't actually a fault, which kind of brings you back to the question of are these things reliable in the first place? And again, but AFDDs it, don't work on lighting, do they? Exactly. Again, that's the mm. small current flow. I think they yeah, don't work. They yeah, will do a large light circuit. So, so they'll. I think it's the short circuit detection. There's the parallel, isn't there? And the series yeah. faults. And it depends in what way that's happened on a lighting circuit. But yeah, there's the, it's a risk assessment. That's what's been proposed in the update of the regs. You're supposed to still carry that out like we are with the SPDs and stuff. Most people is it, is don't it, bother. Is the terminally, rec- is they're going to be recommended. That's what we suspect's coming. They're going to be recommended to be installed. At the moment, that is not the terminology. No. The terminology is you will Shall. use them up yeah. to 32 amp. That's what, it. At the moment, yes, no, no, not. Not, not right no. now. The amendment, no, too. not what right, now. So, when the right. amendment comes out, that the current terminology is anything up to 32 amp has to have AFDD. Now, yeah, like you say, I'm pretty yeah. confident that will be changed to a recommendation because it's, it's you know, obviously, social housing has a lot to do with, with these regulations. Because, can, can the council or can the government afford to go and start sticking AFDDs everywhere? At the For moment, me, they're still about 150 pounds a pop. For me, a good a good a good introduction into AFDDs would be mandate them for shower circuits. 
exactly. And, ki- and kitchen ring mains and or radio circuits. Yeah. That would be a real common sense. Let's bring me on them two areas. We've got 40 white goods, my AFDD and my kitchen trips. It's, de- it's definitely settled. It's definitely settled. When I first installed it, um, it was doing averaging once a month through what through mm. white goods, what we'd term white goods. It was a toaster, dishwasher. They seem to be the two that triggered it. Um, no, it's chipped and- a few times and worn out. It's all right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just bypassed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. <laughs> No, but, the um, trouble, and the and the shower circuits, because we know how many times do we see on social media shout, burnt out shower isolators? To me, that is a real common sense, and I don't think you'd get much industry pushback on it. No, that is the most obvious thing, certainly in social housing. Um, I've got be- four lighting circuits in the house. It's ridiculous. Guess what? They're all going on one AFDD. <laughs> I ain't buying four AFDDs. Ain't happening. And do you know, interesting thing, we had a recent EICR file on a three phase board. Can't get. Can't get AFDDs for three-phase board. Why? Oh, I know that, yeah. None of them do. Mm. Don't, 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 don't. I'm assuming Schneider probably do something. No, there's no three-phase AFDDs. <clears throat> Not three-phase, three-phase board. So it'll be single-phase AFDDs. So we've got... Eaton do a three-phase board. Yeah. yeah. So we use... Primarily, we use Wilex. But their AFDDs will not go into their spine boards. So anything three-phase, they don't do AFDDs for. Right. I'm not saying. Eaton I'm not do. saying. Yeah, I'm not saying Eaton free, a three-phase free circuit. You can do a three-phase board where you can fit their double pole, single phase, or their triple pole, Ian. But uh, they're single. I'll reword that si- better. Single AF, phase. Eaton do a yeah. three-phase board, which their single-phase AFDDs will install to. Why does not everyone do that? I think it's only new to be fair. I, I, just, I put a LinkedIn post on it about about three weeks yeah. ago. It's mental, uh, isn't it? But obviously, like I say, we use white. So I said, right, we're gonna we've got a good opportunity here, and it's to, only about five hundred quid. Yeah, to use a, um, you know, three-phase board, intermittent strips that Wilex do. I don't know if you've seen them, but they, they in principle, look fantastic. They go on the back of the board. So single-phase, you've got a single-phase consumer unit on the lid. Yeah. They stick it back, you stick them on there, and then if they heat up, they explode, and then they douse everything. £12. Are you, so, about, are you talking about the cylinders or the, or the intermittent strips? It's intermission strip, it is, yeah. Intermission yeah, so they swell up, don't they, under heat? Like when we're getting trunking, but obviously Wireless have got one for their consumer units mm-hmm. now. I don't know if any other single-phase consumer units certainly do that, but obviously I guess Wireless are focusing on single-phase and Domestic Eaton market. are probably focusing on, on, on three-phase, you know, but it should be... Well, that's where we are with AFDDs. You know, they're not really, you know, like arts... I mean, how did the RCBOs take? Seven, eight years? I think when I started in 2011 it was still being pushed against a little bit. You know, we're still using mm. the, if it's a dedicated circuit, you don't need it because it's a skilled person using it. And and that, I think RCBOs, what, probably 20, 2017, 2018, mm. they become so affordable and used. They made a mess of that, didn't they? Trying to get, trying to bring RCBOs, like you said, the skilled instructed persons and all that. It's like, <laughs> yeah. what are you talking about? Just, yeah. just tell us, is it a yes or a no? Why do we have to have this grey area where everyone argues about? I think they just try and do it to keep, people relevant <laughs> yeah it's a get yeah. out where they can risk assess stuff out from social housing and a lot of government properties i suspect like rick said with a cost if they can um, engineer in some engineering judgment that'll be financially benefited those people yeah. to give them maybe five ten years to implement it and then tell the domestic sector this is what you shall be doing right now um because you don't want to be risk assessing that out at that level but yeah. People are bananas. They'll spend they'll spend half a day 
arguing with someone, debating someone via email, telephone call, trying to get a risk assessment to save himself 15 quid on an RCBO. Yeah. So it's just yeah. cost them 300 quid in time to argue to save 20 quid. And it doesn't matter what anyone says, and any, oh, I have to argue with absolutely anyone about safety, money is always the driver. The only way you're going to get these in or change it is if they're cheaper. You know, money is always the driver with anything. That's that's number one. Safety is number one for no one that can change it. Mm. Money's number one mm. always. Then safety. And, it, you know, anyone can argue anything they want. When it comes to things, you know, when we're at the top level and we're talking about regulations and changing things, the government are involved, right, but, in one way or another through committees. Money, if it's too expensive, it would never happen. What I, will say, what I will say is I think our industry, the electrical industry, has borne the... There is... Why... why I mean, this gets thrown about a lot. Why, why, why don't a homeowner's batter an eyelid about a, a boiler change for two grand? But we have to... We like, fuck, what, £700 for a consumer unit? It's going to last me 20, 30 years? Are you mad? Because yeah. they can come and buy but, it themselves. But the thing, right. yeah, I think you might be well right there. Uh, yeah. uh, but it's it's such a hang. It's even going into the rail industry. It's going everywhere at the moment. You know, we've got air conditioning is another one because people can't really do air conditioning themselves because of the gas register, uh, gas issues, and uh, and the F gas licensing and all that. So their their engineers are out like eleven, twelve hundred pounds a shift for two guys. Mm. What? 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 It's, it's air conditioning. It's like a four week <laughs> course. Mm. Yeah, it's bonkers. You see it with the with the EV side of things as well. Customers got a brand new Tesla on the drive. I don't know what they cost. Neil Woody's rich enough to have one, and then they don't <laughs> want to fork out a grand for an EV charge point installing because they've seen it on the internet. We on just plug it website. in. They can have plug it. It's got a plug. What do I need to waste money on that for? I just plug it in. <laughs> Stupid. Why are you trying to call my money? <laughs> Test it. Yeah. Underground, Mr. Car Salesman said I could just plug it in. He must know what he's talking about. I see one on Facebook about um. Oh, I can't remember what it was. It was like, it was, uh, yeah, I do know. It was an EIC. So someone had rewired a house five years ago, didn't produce an EIC. So they had a solicitor saying, well, you need to do an EIC. And they're just going, how do I do it? So why are you listening to a solicitor about what you need to produce? What do they know about it? You're the expert. They're, they're a solicitor. Like, mm. What are you talking? Tell them what I need is an EICR. There's no physical way I could do an EIC. The person that done it should have done it. But that's mm. five years ago now. What you need is an EICR. Why are you listening to a solicitor? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Probably, probably because... quite a bad electrician being on Facebook, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, dig, dig, dig. That's half the, half, half the readership gone. Cheers, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a question. Mm. Uh, it's, it's a good one to end on, I think, because I think we, we've, we've been quite a long time now, haven't we? Quite enjoyed yourself. Yeah. I've got a question. Mm. I've recently been watching NIC The Wire, mm. which is their little interactive series that they do. Really good. If you can read between the lines and make your own decisions. So. Which every electrician should do. Yeah, is, it's okay guidance. to disagree. This you can guidance. learn yep. by disagreeing with something, right? Yep, yep. Three-phase supply coming into a board. Each phase plus the neutral for a separate hole. Yeah, for coming into a metal enclosure. So four so holes, yeah? Four, four separate holes, not mm -hmm. one big hole as it should be. So we know we, we, we then suffer with eddy cupboards and stuff. If I go too far into it, what would you code that as? Mm. 
I, I, I'm clear as day what I've coached it as. Well, oh, it, I would cut. Mm, shall I go first? Please on, do, man. yeah. Right. Depending on the current value of the overcurrent protected device and the size of the cables and what the cables draw in, it would be between a C2 and a C3. It yep. would have to be really, really high current for me to go to a C2, probably over four, five, six hundred amps. Okay. Um, most most places would be a C3. For me. But you're so you're just to, you're, you're basing that on you're going to do a bit of a further investigation. The higher the current, the more heat that's likely to be caused. Yeah, um, you're not just looking at it and going, "It's no, that." You're going, no. "Right, I need to." So if if you was there on that day, and you didn't, have to, it's going to be an FI. Uh, you're just yes, looking at as, it. As an inspector, we if I was you, doing an inspection, do I, would, I would know. I would know. You'd know what the uh, what the, what the device. But bearing in put, mind yeah. when NRC do this, you're looking at a picture. Yeah, then so that's all you're going from. So you're going to say, FI in that is. circumstances, is a further investigation to determine okay. what has actually caused it. Yep. Yep. Mark. Yeah, I mean, if you don't know what the load is of a, a period of time, like Neil's just said, it could be 100 amps one day, it could be 400 amps another day. So FI is a good one to go with. If I'm looking at it out on on a job, then I know what those loadings are. Similar to Neil, really. If you've not got a great load there, you're not going to see that much thermal build up due to any current. But that potential for danger could still be there mm. if in the future the use of the installation changes. So it's one of those, if we know, we know if we code that as C3, nothing's happening. Mm. If we code it as C2, a very simple repair can be carried out, which removes it from ever being a possibility of danger. I fall out with the idea that that's why we should be changing our coding just to get work done. We should code yeah. on, the, on the, what we know. If I'm going there and that photo, was there any heat damage on that photo, Rick? No. So we know that, that we're, we're inspecting it on a day we inspected it based on the use it's been had, and that's not caused any damage at all to the installation. Mm -hmm. So based on but what that is, I'm probably know... not even going to go for, for FI. I'm going to go C3 because there's zero evidence of zero issues. But from looking at a picture, we don't know how old the install is. So we don't know. If it's, if it's 20 years old, it's never been a problem. Yeah, maybe. But we don't know. So mm -hmm. the NIC say that, and I disagree. C3, what do they say? If, what do they say? C3, yeah. if there's no evidence of thermal damage. Well, to me, that's saying, so it could be wrong, but till it starts going seriously wrong, we won't do nothing. Mm. That's an incorrect code for me. We're waiting for the thermal damage to happen before no. we do something about it. It's wrong. I think C2. In fact, at no. the time, I think I said C1, because for the sake of how easy it would be to correct it there, just get it done. Crazy. You lose your edge tech before you get it. <laughs> it's a problem, though, isn't it? We, you, you get it's not a problem. Categorically, you do not, not, so why don't we do it on a the regular then? We just do it all the time. Do what? What do what? Well, when we install, we'll just do three separate holes because, because it's not that's, a, that's not to that's not to the standard. <laughs> but you know, if yeah, you but see, so listen, if I put if I don't put green and yellow sleeving on, it ain't dangerous. It ain't dangerous at all. But you don't do that on install. Yeah, I mm. think with with the with the eddy current one the use of an installation can change and there might not be an inspection. So if you've seen it and you can kind of report on it in a way that a very simple repair that will be, can be done. That's very low cost. Which is, I wouldn't fall out with a C2 <laughs> on that, on that basis. And I get what Neil's saying that really we're there to report on the actual, is it potentially dangerous? Is it immediately dangerous or does it need improvement? And I wouldn't fall out with a C3 either. Um, you know, that's the real world. It's a good in. question. And then I see a very, 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 very good, about putting these questions out that mm. cause a divide. And that is yes. that is to be applauded because that is that generates a, debate. Exactly. And it show and it shows people that if any person says 
that is always going to be that and that is that, then you're probably wrong. You're probably wrong because there's always an argument. I mean, I've seen, I've seen, we all know that in some cases, exposed, exposed live parts can be no code if they're placed out of reach under control atmospheres, if they've got barriers or, or things to stop you getting there, you can have exposed live parts. So, so anyone sitting there saying, no, that's always a C1. I was like, well, no, you're already wrong. Because if that's yeah. your approach to it, you're not using your, 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 your thought process. It's like I've, I've seen before when people have said about, if, I've, if you saw a PA system on a railway station, poorly connected, like maybe in a, in a, in a mains voltage, what would you code that? Or oh, C3 at most, C3 at most. Well, what if that PA system is the announcement to evacuate the station under emergency? Does that change it? Of course it does. Mm -hmm. To me, that becomes in a C2 because I don't want that poor joint to come fall down. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and we're going off a bit, but this is what's interesting about coding is that you really got to bring, and this is why I really fall out with how-to books. Yeah. Because how-to books, cheap people, well, that's what that says. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, no, you're the inspector. You've got to bring your knowledge and go on the journey of, oh, what, what's this, as, as Mark said, what's the installation for? Who's using it? How long are they going to be using it for? What's the hours of use? You know what I mean? It's I how you use their books as well. as like, The Napa Cobra, I think, is brilliant. But the best for the bad is that it will tell you what they think and then tell you to go to the reg and have a look. Hmm. That's brilliant. Because you're, you're literally telling you what reg to go to so you can make your own decision. You haven't got to go through the book. You could go through the code breakers. It'll break. It's almost like a, like a breakdown of the of the regulations book it'll be a 7671 that's why i like it because you can make that decision you could go right that's they're saying they think it's a c2 but it will tell you the reg look at the reg and see what happens so in terms of domestic installation i think you're probably right you're not gonna you're not gonna have many curveballs really on a, a two-bedroom flat here is going to be similar to a two-bedroom flat there i mean children children in there or people elderly people may change you slightly but having a blanket book that tells you this is that code i think is uh takes yeah. away that judgment and takes away that thought process for me yeah i mean you was in that environment you said some pitched on yesterday neil substation you oh. got exposed to copper all over the place but you're going to code that differently to someone's front room <laughs> of course you are exactly that I mean, that's taken us six months to get the agreements going to there. You know what I mean? <laughs> six months to get that. It's all under, it's all controlled, padlocked, owned by the uh, DNO. So you're not just getting in there on, on a whim. You know what I mean? So mm. it's new. It, it's nonsense to think that one one code fits all. It just doesn't. It never will do. And I think we need to move away from that in terms of thinking. For me, to go back to Rick's any current thing, I, I can't see based on what's been provided that will be a C two. Bonkers, bonkers. You're crazy, man. <laughs> C1. C1. I know that's, that's even worse. But that's, that's because I do look at it. I am guilty of looking at it in the wrong way. And I do get that. I know if I C3 it, it will never be changed. And what that doesn't problem? matter to code. I know that. I get mm. all of that. Because there's clients that will not act on a C2. Yeah, but but, then that's, but that's, that's up to, I've reported and said that is a C2 issue. I always mm. worry that if you say, it's a, and maybe this is because I do work in social houses, it's slightly different. If I code something as C3, which is obviously C3, but then that causes a problem and there's a fire or someone loses their life and it goes to court, I'm going to be ripped apart for doing it as a C3. No, you're not. Because not if you can stand is, by it. Not if you can yeah, stand well, by it and say, no, I was yeah, there exactly. on that day. Exactly. And I was happy and that, that on that day, the, what the evidence I saw, there was no evidence to assume that was... If we go all risk-averse all the time, then you, every, you might as well do away with C3 coding and say either complies or it don't. 
Like Merch yeah, United and, and Fire I'll be honest, I don't like the whole NIC thing as well because they're, I think they're downgrading their codes slightly, especially on no coding. They'll say a lot of things that don't need a code. So I agree with that. Plastic DB. If, a, if it isn't under <clears> a staircase, I always code a plastic DB as C3. Yeah, no matter agreed. where it is in the house, it's a C3, that's it. Agreed. They say if it's under the stairs, it's a C3. If it's next to an exit, it's C3. If it's not, no code. But you should mention it on the report. Yeah. It's Don't a C3 forget for me. that. Well, if you're going to mention it, code it. Yeah. Don't mention non codable things on that section of your report. The whole point now, of Mention the... it somewhere else. Mention it to the client. Have a separate mm. bit of paper for that. Don't mention it on any ICR. If it's on any ICR, give it a code because yeah, the client and a will get confused. Mm. They will get confused if you put something, but don't code it. Yeah. In my opinion, yeah. if you've got a reg number you can apply to it, then it's up to you. It's a C3, that's your starter, C3. Mm. And then we move through the codes. And if we don't know, maybe we further investigate it. But that's my, that's my everything. If it's got a regulation number, uh, it starts as a C3. It's a minimum. Mm. I never put no codes on, never. Mm. But well, I know the NRC do teach that. We're there to yeah, report, I don't agree we? with it. We're there to report, provide a professional opinion, and then it's up to the, the duty holder to kind of make their repair action based on that. You know, the liability mm. falls on them at the end of the day. I think too too often we worry too much as electricians about our liability. As long as you've produced your professional opinion on that report to the best of your abilities, you'll always have a strong defence. Mm. Um, ultimately, any repair work and the decision on that is for the duty holders, homeowners. It's not our place to really dictate. Mm. And as a rule, I mean, I, I know I'm not in, I'll, I'll do a bit more, a bit more complicated in the area I work in, but, and the ICR is a lot more complicated, but I always do a handover in terms of the, of anything industrial commercial. There's always a hand back, um, sort of a presentation, if you like, to sort of package it and say, look, this is, this is what we said on here, but let's put it in plain English so that you may understand. I know that doesn't happen at domestic level. It shouldn't really need to happen at domestic level, but. No, you know, pretty much, especially the social asset level, it's, it's, Make sure it passes. Yeah. That's all let, it is. let me know yeah. my risk and how much it's going to cost to get that risk away. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Co cost isn't a concern with governors. All I want to know is that it's safe for the next five years. We mm. want a pass for the next five years. Whatever you want, whatever you need to do to achieve that, we'll pay you. That's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's, it's, it's, it's that. Because, like I say, I guess most local councils are like this. They don't have the infrastructure that maybe was there 20 years ago where... <laughs> Like for the council I work for, I haven't got an electrical health and safety manager. Morgan Sindel haven't. It just comes under general health and safety now. There's no yeah. compliance officer above me. They've got an electrical policy that comes from health and safety. If you follow that electrical policy, we'll always be okay. You know, so our electrical, so for instance, when it comes to qualifications, must have an MVQ level three, must have eight inferdition to work here. But we only work in domestic, you know, but that's what you must have because mm. we work over so many councils. That's the highest that one council will want, so they blanket it. So where we're going through now, trying to find electricians to work on social housing for, let's be honest, not, not a great deal of money, you know, between if you haven't got testing, it's about 32, 33. If you've got testing and it goes up to maybe 35, 36, which isn't, it's not bad for, listen, we spoke about this a lot of time. I think it's very good for working on your doorstep. But it's not great in terms of what you can be earning. But now you have to be qualified, MVQ level three, must have 18th edition. People haven't got it. A lot of people haven't got an MVQ. 
Mm. And mm. their college, I see <clears> all the time. Got all the college, all the units. Down the right, got their two three nine one. Ain't got MVQ. And this is where supply to... and demand needs to come in. This is when, well, then uh, if you're going to want to entice more people into that band, you've got to raise your what? You've got to raise what you're paying them. I because may, think... maybe the people with the MVQs are going, ain't, you ain't paying See, enough for me to apply for that job, mate. I went for a different approach yesterday. The money is never going to go up. But can we take on someone that's not got an MVQ, but has got everything else, and then put them on a what's the word what's ah oh, i see experienced worker of course yeah let's do that let's pay them a little bit less but let's get them straight because if we stick them on a the course that's okay we're training them up that's fine mm. then mm. because we're being proactive there's a management policy in place well you've so got the route you've been champion as well yeah which we've got so we've got four now four mm. of the one that started well meant to start this month fell away a bit because unfortunately why i look after the apprentices I don't look after what college they go to and I don't sort out that side and they fell apart a bit. You know, they didn't have a place and they're sorting out anyway, but we've got three now, as you know, we've got one, we've got Jamie, which is year three. We've got a guy called Dan that came from the office. He was a cool handler. He's gone into year two and another guy called Sam that actually come from, as part of this agreement, we agreed that we train up local people. So local people come in, they do like a work station thing like a kickstarting program almost that's where sam come from he went and done that course and he got an electrical apprenticeship out of it so all coming from good places as well you know the fact that you could and the, the new apprentices coming from the call center as well i think that's for a company to be working in a call center mm. and then getting an electrical apprenticeship i think that awesome. really showed that's 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 anyone that works in there there's potential you know one of the managing one of the partnership directors Sorry, partnership managers. He started working in a call centre. Might have been 15 years ago, but he's now a partnership manager. So the, the progression on Morgan Sin, that's how I know I struggle, because there's nowhere for me to go electrically now, because there is no compliance officer above me. Maybe that'll change one day. Uh, but it's QS, that's it. Uh, but yeah, mm. it's, like I say, I can't fault. And I don't want to be that guy that's oh, he's just saying that because he works for Morgan Sin, is the best company I've I've worked for and the best decision I made to get back onto a company. Nice. No, you good. know, there'll be gaps. The gaps yeah. that I was with 2391 and the 18th edition. Two well, huge things to be missing. I sort of spoke about this with the GRB in terms of well, I think everyone's been guilty when they've gone on that journey of being a labour only self employed uh, contractor. You just don't invest in yourself. It's so far nah. down on the peck in all the things you want to do. And when you go into a company like Morgan Sindel, from what you say, it's, it's so, so not, you think they say, oh, now it's, part, now it's not something I've got to do in my spare time. Leveling up or CPD or whatever you want to call it is now something I'm getting paid to do. It's now part of my yeah. job, which it should be for all yeah. of us, really. You know what I mean? But when you're self-employed, you see it as a, oh, I'm going to lose 200 quid a day on that. I've got to go and do this at the weekend. I'm looking around. For, I remember what I was doing, looking around for 18 additional courses for Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you don't want to take a day work at, for it. When you look at it, self-employed. Self-employed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you're earning £200 a day, 2391s, £1,200, say, plus it's six days. Well, six Most days, places yeah. are six days, not five days now. So you've lost two and a half grand mm. to do well, that so, course. But this is a, this, that's the terminology. We think of it yeah. as we've lost Because that. that's what self-employed is. You're only self-employed <laughs> to earn money. You get treated yeah. like shit. You don't get holiday. You don't get looked after. You don't get any benefit. It's all about the money. So you go and spend two and a half grand, you don't get paid any more 
for, for being a tester. Mm. Very rarely. And it's the one thing that you should never be doing on price. And anyone that's worth their salt mm. will not test on price. You just because you, you now maybe if you're doing new build houses uh, or, or even EICR in houses and all the houses are the same, then you're, yeah. you're going to be quicker. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah. know, if you're doing it on price, you're doing it as quickly as you can. Mm. You're not doing it as thoroughly as probably you should. Yeah, I think that's guilty for all price works, really. I think there's always that argument yeah. that people are going to try and do things a little bit faster. And sometimes a little bit faster means a little bit worse or a little bit slower. Um, and but... anything I've ever seen in price work, I've never done price work myself because I wasn't, I was never very quick. Mm. But it would be you do your first fix, you do your second fix, and then you go and test it, and everything's fucking wrong. And then you rectify everything, but you can't get price for that. And by the time you're going round to that, the people that want price have gone off the contract. They've gone, they've done their bit. So it don't work. I've never seen price work actually work, ever. It's always the same old stuff. You know, or they'll get as much money as they can. And then the last three or four plots, they get found out they're not doing a job properly. But all, that's a loss now. But we've already earned all of this money. We'll yeah. take that hit. We've priced that. Mm. You know, it's, it's, I've never seen it work at anything apart from that. Don't work you on know? new build, that's for sure. I see that on a lot of the new build estates. We yeah. Stick EV charge points in, for example. You can tell it's been done on price, not just electrical stuff, the whole thing. Um, yeah, it's not the best. You know, there needs to but be a comes down part to, of that. But then it comes down to accountability, doesn't it? You know, people got to be held to account and told to go back, do it again. There isn't a lot, Everyone gets there? away with it. Everyone gets away yeah. with it. There isn't yeah. a lot. Because and that goes back is... to what Ricky just said earlier in terms of you've got duty holders in middle management, ain't got, ain't got a clue what a good electrical installation looks like. Ain't got a clue. Nah. Nah. It's, uh, I mean, listen, duty hold, like I say, I can only talk from social housing, but we've been doing all this pat testing. Failing, we've failed a lot of stuff. And that's all they care about. Why, why do they keep failing everything? They're not duty holders, they're building managers. You know, mm. they've got no training on what we're doing or what a pat test is or why he's failing. A lot of items, obviously, 0.10 is, is the highest um, earth reading, You can, without going to terminology, which I'm not really come off the top of my head. Um, we're getting like 0 0.14, 0 0.15, 0 0.1. It's not that massive high, but it's a foul. Mm -hmm. But then you look into it, you find it's normally fridges. And you find this fridge, and it's it's when you trace the history of this fridge, you speak to them, you go, well, where did you get that fridge? Oh, we got it from this community centre five years ago. Yeah. You know, and so it's been moved. You know what happens? Fridges, you move a fridge, they tend to break down anyway when they've been sitting still for the, however long. And yeah, and that's, you know, again. But it's so frustrating because you look at things like Grenfell and um, the, yeah. the, the white goods that cause that. You'd think that people would look at Pat Test and go, that's an area over the past, uh, how many years that have been really, really run through the ground. You know, yeah. Maybe there's a risk there. Maybe we need to up, up our game a little bit in this area and look at our compliance in this area more. Instead, they're asking the same questions because we're not looking at the white goods, even though that started the fire. That's pretty much renowned that that's what started the fire. We're looking at mm -hmm. what spread the fire, which of course is really, really, really important because a lot, a lot of people died and a lot of people will be affected the rest of their life for what happened in that disaster. And it could have been contained and it should have been contained in that flat. But that doesn't mean we ignore why it was started. You know what I mean? And I don't think the PAT testing, uh, ISCT or whatever it's called now, is um, has been even sort of spoke about, really. Yeah. No, it hasn't. You're right. Um, it, is a it is a bit of a shame, isn't it? Because if we really are focused on improving safety, that would be something we could do. And we had the, the Lofsted report, which was the thing that kind of 
drove pack testing out of industry to a large degree. It kind of made it something that we didn't need to be doing, doing in a lot of office environments at all. Um, you know, you had that pushback because it was seen as something that was oversold by electricians. Um, yeah. And they were trying to help businesses out, reduce the burden of health and safety expense and stuff. And, you know, there's probably it was some... oversold, let's be honest. Yeah, it was. But, I mean, there's <laughs> probably some merit, some merit to that. But the byproduct of that is that places that would really benefit from pat, proper pat yeah. testing were no longer getting it. Um, you know, We've completely the... missed the middle ground, haven't we? Well, and like you say, saying, it's, it's not... Sorry, you go, you go on to that. Talk about that. Stay on that for a bit. It's like you, you, you talk about it getting to, it's oversold by electricians, but then you look at the current code of practice and the code of practice before the current one that they're not talking about PAT testing. They're talking about any electrical appliance. That means hand dryers. Yeah. Uh, that means anything that's fixed to the wall, heaters, wall heaters. This all comes under it. So, of course, someone who goes on a PAT testing course is not going to have the skills and ability to start deconstructing the electrical insulation to make sure this stuff gets tested properly. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that yeah, tells you that you, that tells you that uh, all this is as per duty holder risk assessment. But you, it's not a portable appliance test anymore. No. We should be testing apply, any appliance, whether it's fixed to the wall. And I, I know people, I know contracts now that are not getting done properly as per the code of practice. Although. Again, I don't don't really agree with what they're saying with that. There's, you know, it's not portable appliances because obviously they've they've found a big problem with, you know, a hand dryer. Hmm. We, AICR tests up to the spur. Who tests the hand dryer? No one. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. That's 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 included under that. That should be tested under the, that code of practice. Okay. So, service inspection. So we should test the hand dryer, for instance, under pat testing. That's, Even that's not pat testing there. Well, yeah, that's what, so that's no, what we should... So you've got to unwire it, wire it into a plug, plug it in, test it, and then rewire it back up. Yeah, sweet. Part. Well, you don't have to use a, you don't have to put it for a plug, but you can do it different ways. But yeah, but um... you can't. You, you say that you could do it different ways. Not there. You can, but not really. A pat tester isn't really designed. You can't do it. A pat tester is for portable appliances, but there's yeah. the, 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 the the code of practice doesn't tell you to use a pat tester. No, so then so let's, to carry out this test, and this should be your result. That, let's change. Let's stay under an EICR because I think that truly, that's really where you should be picking this stuff up. Shouldn't really be picking it up under pat. And you know, the, the trouble is, right? When you pick it under under pat testing, a pat testing City and Guilds course is two days, but our mm. people will be <laughs> dismantling <laughs> electric. Well, well, that's going to cause bigger issues. You don't think so? You don't well, think no, now Mr. Pat Tester is going to I, start taking hand dryers apart? Well, let's go back. Let's let's go back to the old. Uh, let's go back to the, the golden book. Do you think the electricity work regulations would allow them to work on that equipment after a two-day pat testing course? I don't think no, so. Of course no. not. But are you even taught safe are isolation? Are you even Mr. taught safe isolation on a pat testing course? Mr. Pat no, Tester, ain't looking at that. Mr. Pat Tester's just looking at the course to say you have to test that now. So here we've got we've got the code of practice. Yeah. And then we've got the city and guilds. Yeah. And they cut, and there is a fundamental gap between them two books. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They literally. Oh, well, yeah. Ex exactly. No one that's been solely on a pat testing course, even though the, the code of practice does mention the electrical work regulations. I, I, you know, if you've done a two-day, and that's all you've got. This, this is important. That's mm. all you've got. That's all you've ever done. Are you going to look at the electrical work regulations and make head or tail of it anyway? No. No. And that's the, that's the that's why I think it's, it makes far more sense to me to say right we're not picking up these items even if they if they do have to be picked up 
because there's the argument, you know, when they stop, they'll just, most of them have got internal fusion, they'll just stop working. No, we don't test them. We don't test them because the client doesn't want to pay for them to be tested. That's yeah. their prerogative. That's their risk assessment. Yeah, I just, I just think calling, call, changing pack to in-service, in I just don't, <laughs> if it's not... In-service equipment, testing, yeah, spe- oh, I, I, yeah, yeah. I think the most simple rule is, if it hasn't got a plug, probably don't fall under pack testing. Probably Why falls not? under an EICI. That's, that's my opinion. That's the easiest way to... to so if we follow down. the code of practice, it does. Yeah. And that's what I mean. This is where the code of practice differentiates from, from personal opinion. And we can all have our personal opinion, but the code of practice is clear. If yeah. it's an electrical appliance, it should be inspected and tested there, as a, per what the duty holder risk assessed it should be. When all this there's came out, the testers pushed that, pushed that back. They were the ones kind of driving back at that. Yeah, yeah. testing is just portable equipment with a plug top on. It doesn't mean all of this. And you're like, well, guys, the... The in-service inspection and testing of electrical equipment book, fifth generation, whatever it is now, says that it does. Fourth, I think. And all, all of us, all of a sudden, um, they started fifth, having these started having requests for these courses to to do safe isolation, and so that they could take a spare apart. And then you have, well, if you're doing that, you need to test the electrical installation as well up from that spare. You've interfered with it. How do you know it's gone back together right? Mm. You know, there's more competence that you need than you're ever going to have from doing a two-day pat testing course. I even saw like some of the well-known trainers running these courses for pat testers. That happened. Um, you know, that's it's staggering, really, that people were kind of trying to change what had been said. And now you don't have effective pat testing because it is overrun by people who are just trying to sell thousands of items worth of testing in an office rather than going into social housing and finding equipment like you have, Rick, and failing it. It's not your fault it fails. It's failed because it's unsafe. You're reporting yeah, yeah. on it. You're reporting on yeah, it. That's what you needs know what? To there's happen. a mm. there's a good picture in the book, and it, this this sums it up on how they teach you to do it. So it's got a hand dryer, and I'm going off the top of me because I can't bother to find a picture in the book. But it shows what you're using one probe on the metal case of that hand dryer, and then one probe on the screw of the spur, which is great if it's a metal back box. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a surface mounted plastic box, you're going to go, well, that's fouled. I ain't got no earth. <laughs> you know, so, and, th- and this is where it starts. Because they say, don't dismantle, do, do it this way. Mm. Now, have have you got the knowledge to know, hold on, <laughs> that's plastic. And, yeah. th- and then if you haven't got that, do you open it up and go, well, the earth's connected in that plastic bag box, because some of them have got their little lugs. Mm. And it, well, it's the earth's connected, so it must be the equipment. Is the knowledge base there? This And this this is kind of, you so know. true. It's, it, if you're an electrician that does pat testing, you ain't got a problem because you've got the electrical stuff in your head. That's absolutely fine. You could do the pat testing, and then you do obviously like I did. I went and done. I didn't do a sitting guilds one. Mine was a half day course from Skywood Training, I think, or someone. Um, obviously, you goes for it, and you you learn little bits about this, and not, not massively. Do you know? I mean, I I learned a little bit because I never done pat testing before. But when it comes to the fundamentals of electricity then you're kind of teaching him. Mm-hmm. You know, you're kind of saying, you know. And that that fifth edition book, again, I think for anyone that's just done a two-day course, I think they find it hard to navigate that because that mm. talks in electrical terms. When we talk about continuity testing and resistances and resistances of cables and stuff, it's, it's it can be confusing, you know? Very few electricians are in that market space anymore because you've got manufacturers selling test instruments that can do all these tests so quickly you've got people who've done two-day training coming from i don't know an office-based job or stacking shelves or whatever for a new career out as a little pat tester and the rates now you see in 30 40p a test what electricians are going to drop their income to go and cover that type of work our electrical contractors 
you know, service that work properly. It's just not going to happen, is it? And that's what we've seen. That's why the Lofsted report came out whenever it did. I think it's probably 10 years ago now. It's quite a while ago. Um, and then you get to the situation where the stuff that does need testing, those white goods that could be dangerous in someone's rented accommodation, aren't being tested um, by the people who have the skills to do it. You know, that, that's, that's where we are. That's the honesty of it all. As Neil said, the Grenfell thing, total tragic disaster in the way the fire spread around that building. But the ultimate cause was to do with the electrical system. So we can be looking at protective devices we're using. Would AFDDs have helped? And if we had an adequate regime of PAT testing, would that have helped? You know, and there's an argument that, yes, it probably would. So why aren't yeah. we focused on doing that? Yeah. And again, it's just part of the solution. It's not the solution. It's just part of the solution. You know, because the fact remains, if that would have caught fire, nothing else would have happened. Now, that's not to say something else wouldn't have happened in the future. But at that point, that, that wouldn't have happened. So uh, I think it's a good, uh, probably a good one to wrap it up on because this is probably yeah. going to be the longest podcast ever released, ever. I think ever. It's too long. It's been old, too long. That's why. Break it up into a couple, mate. Yeah, I'll have a look at what the final comes in. It might be a part one, part two, part one A, part two, one B. Part, yeah. part P. Part. part P and part P, double E. Yeah. <laughs> part P and then since it's on Mark's board. Since it's on Mark's board, yeah. <laughs> I'll see it for, for the glare off his head, though. Oh Jesus! Started with my my looks and ending with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, everyone. Well, we're off. We'll see you later. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Later. Cheers, gents. Bye bye. Bye bye.